1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Devils podcast brought to you by uk. I'm your host, Keane Franey, and today I'm joined by former Manchester United player Phil Marsh, and today... It's the big one it's our preview for manchester United versus liverpool the biggest game in english football as we all know you know been, been kind of a, a whirlwind of, of emotions this week's manchester United fan if you watch our game last week against leicester and this week against atlanta and the champions league it's been a whole whirlwind and we're going to top it off with the biggest game in english football against liverpool um on sunday massive massive game for both sides in terms of um the title race and kind of where both teams are at in terms that first of all Phil there's been a lot of I suppose commotion a lot of drama a lot of ups a lot of downs in the last seven days since I last spoke to you how have you been keeping in the last seven days
0: yeah good thanks mate all all good um last week in work it's half term for me now so I'm off, off for a week so just good to get a bit of uh time to sort of uh have a chill out and um yeah, watch some more football, hopefully. But yeah, no, everything's been good and, and obviously looking forward to the, the game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, look, it's been it's been a great week. In terms of your football fan, there's been a lot of great football just on the television between the Premier League and the Champions League. But last week it started this week as a United fan, not so good really. Obviously we really lost away from home from Leicester, lost that 30, 30 game unbeaten record. Then it's the contrast our emotions in the Champions League that where we have it was one of them great, as Ollie said, one of them great European nights at Old Trafford. And look, it was a, it was a great game. If you're, if you're a neutral, it was definitely a great game to watch. But in terms of, let's just kind of wind the clock back. Let's look back at Leicester last weekend. Um, obviously, we lost the game um, 4-2. We lost the unbeaten away away from home record. And look, by by most accounts, um, probably not one of our best performances in Quite some time, quite poor by 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 you know, large accounts. What's your overall take on the Leicester game last weekend and kind of how it all panned out and ultimately losing the record?
0: Um, I mean, again, yeah, it wasn't a very good performance. I think you know started the game okay. Um, obviously got the got our noses in front with a with a fantastic goal from Greenwood. Um, you know that that was a superb strike, and and he has been in some great form and. That was obviously a a fantastic start and was hoping we could build on that, but obviously it wasn't to be. I think, um, you know, it was a bit of a sort of cheap goal to give away in terms of sloppy at the back. Maguire maybe not 100% fit, you know, probably maybe thought he could have done a little bit better with uh, maybe moving towards that one. Um, Dispossessed and obviously whether it was a cross or a shot, I mean, Tillemans is a fantastic player. I'd like to think that was a shot. Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing anyone could have uh, done about that, especially not De Gea, it was a, right in the top corner. And then, obviously, you peg back away from home, crowd gets up, and I think it was always going to be difficult. Leicester, you know, a good side, even though they've been struggling a little bit at the moment, I think it was um, a good performance from them. Um, although we didn't play very well, I thought they was quite good. Uh looked quite sharp and lively all over the pitch. Had a little bit more energy than us, and I just think the, the sort of... Um, got the goals at the key times really that sort of took the stuffing out of us um so yeah again weren't a great performance i think you know with the unbeaten records gone it was always gonna go at some point um wouldn't wouldn't get too sort of disappointed with with that sort of um i just think obviously the, the performances really have been sort of a little bit iffy sort of over the last couple of months really sort of not being able to put a full performance together for 90 minutes, sort of, you know, little spells here and there, bits of individual brilliance, um, that are sort of getting us out of games at times. And I just think obviously, you know, especially in the league, we we need to sort of um be on our air game now with the with the runner games that we've got uh, coming up because we, we we definitely don't want to be falling um too far behind with with some of these big teams that we've we've got coming up.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think if you look at that Leicester game, cohesion is definitely a word I've seen a lot in terms of this game. I think there's a lack of cohesion at times in terms of the link between the defence and midfield. Um I think Maguire, look at I think if anyone who watched that game from minute one, you can see that he wasn't um he wasn't sharp, he probably wasn't ready to play that game. Do you know, I think maybe Saturday did come a bit too soon for him? Um doing you know, in terms of that. And um, I think again we went we went through the motions a lot kind of during that game. You know, we didn't really come out of you know second or third gear for large parts. Obviously, again, brilliant goal by Mason. Nicky's like he's getting he's, he's shown that he's coming on leaps and bounds week by week in terms of his finishing and, and the maturity in his game. But I, I do look at that performance and it was kind of a, it was common. Like that type of result was common. If you, you you just mentioned like in these last kind of couple of months, we've been kind of sleepwalking into results. If you kind of look at like the moments, individual brilliance, you know, last minute winners, David de Gea, you know, being fantastic this season. A result like Leicester was common. It was just we were hoping that the, that 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 would that the inevitable would be delayed in terms of that type of result. Looking at that game, obviously, a lot of pressure put on Solskjaer after that performance, after that result, because there's been, I suppose, that level of performance in terms of nothing consistent over a 90-minute period. Then you look at the, the, the Atlanta game, the first 45 minutes against Atalanta this week. Again, it looks like we were nearly, again, nearly sleepwalking out the Champions League. That it, it may have been a case that Europa League football could have been on the horizon. We were all thinking that probably at half time. What was your thoughts on the opening for first 45 minutes against Ad- atlanta because for me we weren't clinical enough in the first half we did switch off of the back again conceded from another set piece again literally a couple of days after we conceding one against leicester we were in the back of your mind you we were like after the first 45 minutes were you thinking at that point that this just gonna be another just another one of them days and do you think Joe, we're nearly getting into a rut that you know we can't get out of in terms of your know, bad results?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think obviously the the Leicester results was sort of uh, fresh in everybody's mind. Obviously the you know the, the the fans and and obviously there's been a lot of pressure put on Ollie sort of in the last week or so. I think that sort of showed in that first first half against Atalanta. The, the players sort of um, couldn't really get going. Um, conceded to maybe unavoidable goals, um, but, you know, I think we had chances, we just didn't take them in the first half. It just seemed as though it was going to be one of them nights. Um, but, yeah, obviously, you know, to show character in the second half um, and, and sort of come back and, and and sort of win the game, I think, was, was something that I didn't really expect, um, especially after the first half performance. I was obviously expecting the worst. Uh, didn't really see that coming, if I'm honest, but, Again, it just shows you that that's what the players are capable of, and it's just so frustrating that obviously we're, we're putting in performances like that in the second half and and starting the game so poorly and and sort of giving ourselves a massive mountain to climb. If we could start like that from sort of the the, the start of the games, it'd be you know a, a totally different story. Um, I, I agree with what obviously Paul Scholes was saying, obviously on the the sort of post match analysis in terms of you know against liverpool or you know one of the better teams in world football i think the, the game probably would have been out of sight by half time and and that's the the worrying thing really i think for for probably all and, and sort of united fans in terms of you know you, you can't be giving teams you know that amount of chances and and that sort of a, a a lead and then expect to be able to come back every time it's just it's just not going to happen it's not sustainable um and again, I, I just feel as though at the moment you, you sort of can't really sort of you can't really predict what kind of performance we're going to put in from from one game to the next. There's no sort of you know consistency with with the the uh, the level of performance, which is obviously something that you know we are obviously worried about, and we're just hoping that that can get addressed and and sort of the performances can start sort of being. Uh, we're not going to expect performances to be you know. Absolutely p- perfect every single week, but we need to find that sort of happy medium that we're, you know, at least working hard, at least putting in a performance that's worthy of wearing a Manchester United shirt. And, you know, hopefully then the individual performances can, can sort of uh, gel together and, and put a run of form together that will will give us a run of games that we can start
1: putting a sort of few wins together. Definitely. I think if you look at that first half, I think <laughs> I said the other night after the game, like, Cohesion it looked like there was a lack of cohesion kind of at the back, especially. You know, Atalanta did have a lot of counter attacks, they're very good in moving the ball in the transition, they were very good. So, catchments quick on the break. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, again, they play through as a midfield quite a lot. And that's like, regardless of what midfield people talk about, this Manchester United midfield, it's by the biggest talking point of Man United this season. It's been our midfield who's going to play in midfield, whether it's McTominay and Fred, Pogba Matic, or though Fred and Matt, Donny van der Beek, whoever it may be, we're talking about playing in the field. Their current team seems to be happening, teams seem to be played through us so easily. Do you think that's down to the way Oli sets us up in the formation? Do you think it's a it's a coaching thing that turns terms of our shape, our shape isn't being coached? Um, because obviously, like Dave brings in a comment here, he says, Ollie deserves huge, huge kudos for coming in and basically turning the club around, especially around the academy. But has he peaked um, as a coach and maybe fall short of coaching world-class players. That kind of comes into my question, when, when you think about the same type of goals we're conceding this year in terms of teams being able to have control of the game and play us in the field. Do you think this is kind of a, a structural thing that we're having a problem with and maybe it's something that isn't being coached into us at the moment?
0: I think it's a, a bit of a mix of, of a few things, really, if I'm honest. I think, you know, when you look at the top teams, uh, not just in England but in Europe, there's no surprise that, um, all them teams uh, are set in a way which, you know, they, they press high. They try and win the ball back um, as high up in the pitch as they can. They all work hard and, and sort of, you know, get back behind the ball when they're sort of out of possession. And I just think for, for one reason or another, uh, when I watch Manchester United, especially recently, um, I just think we're sort of too easy to, to sort of play against in a, in a defensive unit. I think we, we get broke through too easily. Players maybe don't probably tuck back in and get back behind the ball and and chase back as much as I'd like. Um, Whether that's to do with the formation and what Ollie's telling him, I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, But yeah, just just for me, I just obviously you know from a from a spectator watching, I just feel as though that's the the difference in terms of when I watch like the Liverpool City, um, you know, and Chelsea and teams like that, they all seem to be sort of on the front foot try and win the ball high up in the pitch and then that makes life so much easier. When, when we sort of um, do it, it seems like we, we press in ones and twos, we get picked off and then it's a, it's a helpless task really for, you know, whether it's Fred or McTominay, if you've got two players, like the other night it was 4 two, 4 if you got two players in the midfield against, you know, another team's three or four, you know, you're going to get picked off because the good players and, you know, there's overload in there. Um, and I've, I feel sorry from a little bit in that respect because no matter how fit you are or how much energy and, you know, work rate you've got, you you can't sort of legislate for having, you know, that many players to cover that much ground. It's not, it's not going to sort of happen. So yeah, I I think we do need to obviously work on um, that side of things and we need to sort of come up with a solution sooner rather than later, whether it's personnel or whether the lads just need to even start working a little bit harder. You know, he likes Bruno and Greenwood and Rashford and, Ronaldo, whether they're you know going to have to maybe do a little bit more defensively, um, yeah, I, I just think you know that's the difference at the moment between what I'm seeing from you know the Man United team and and the other teams that I've I've seen who are doing so well.
1: Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. That I think like when you look, we always do get overloaded in the field, and when when you kind of look at the the way teams play through us and how other teams like get back into shape in their structure. Like Chelsea, I think for me, are a great example of it. Like they're great in the ball. But like in terms of transition and counter-attack, they're never really caught because they always have two sitters in there. But then also they're ten, like let's say Mason Mount for example, like, just using him as a kind of a case here. He works back and they slot into a tree, and all of a sudden Chelsea don't get overloaded. You know, like their wing backs James and Chilwell or James and Alonso, like they work they work exceptionally well bombing up and down and they you they're know, you know, cutting off any you know, bits of space that are there. Even with Liverpool's midfield, like I know they've different types of players in there, but like obviously they've like said Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago and he's in there, Curtis Jones, players like that. There's a consistent work rate of them. They always try to bomb forward, but there's still always that element of Joe you know, desire and work rate. And sometimes it looks like sometimes that we, we don't have that midfield. And it's kind of just all off the cuff, you know. And I think so, sometimes you can get away with that but as you, you, you rightly said like when you come up against the better teams you're going to get found out and you're going to get caught and I think that this is where really truly if you looked at this running fixtures that we had before this runs that started last week you'd like to think we would have had something like I suppose the form and we would have had the organisation in place to have to, you know all this ironed out we shouldn't be talking about ironing this out in November, like late October early November, you know, I think we should know our best team at this moment in time but I still don't think we do, do you know, I, th- I think we're still trying to figure that out as a football club, what our best team is, what our best formation is um, do you know, I think there's, there's a lot of do you know, things that still are left to be determined and it, it's worrying going into this game this, this Sunday because Liverpool, look, I'm just going to call a spade a spade and say it how it is at the moment in the last three three weeks, a month, they've been probably one of the most solid and consistent teams in the league. They've been very hard to beat. Their forwards are on form. Even Firmino, who was starved for goals last year, he's picking up goals. Mohamed Salah, look, who we're going to touch on in a moment in terms of the comparisons people are making with him or with Cristiano, he's on fire. Do you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold is putting doing his socks up after a disappointing season last season. Like, do you know... We need to be very careful this weekend that we don't you know, put, put ourselves into a situation where we're, we're clawing it back within the first 20 minutes of the game again. And Liverpool are going to go for it from a minute off. Like, I don't care what anyone says. That's the way they go. They're always on the front foot. They're always pressing. They're aggressive. But it's concerning where, with no disrespect to these teams, but teams who are lesser teams than us on paper are playing us off the park at home. Villa played us off the park at home. Large parts, though they got got around us. An injury-ravaged Everton team battered us in midfield. Like, make, like, the and Allen are very good players, but do you know we they, we got actually battered off the uh, battered off the park by the two of them, you know, in, in the Everton game, and that was minus Calvert Lewin and, and Richardson as well. Like, Joe, you know, that could have been a lot worse, considering that it was Rondon up front. which, again, no disrespect to him, but he's levels below <laughs> in the field as well. So, I think you have to look and say, like, it's concerning. We do have the quality to rectify it, but your confidence levels just can't be high at the minute because the results and performances, there's no correlation there. And I think that's where, look, I suppose if you're a fan or former player or whatever it may be, the concerns are going to be there because of our performances, because of the results as of late.
0: Yeah, and I agree totally with, with that, what you just said. I just... The worrying thing that I have um, for me is, is obviously when you look at the other managers, um, Thomas Tuchel, Jürgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola, no disrespect to Ollie And obviously, you know my thoughts on Ollie and what I think about him. But the, them three managers are probably, you know, one of the, the, the best in the world at what they do. And they seem to have the total respect of all the players. They seem to be able to motivate the players to do exactly what uh, they're asked of them week in, week out on a regular basis. And it seems like they'll all run through brick walls for them managers. Um, I'm not saying that's not the case at Manchester United. I just feel as though the sort of uh, work rate and the sort of will to win and sort of the desire and, and sort of all them aspects just seem to be a little bit off, uh, off the mark in terms of when I watch the other clubs and when I watch Manchester United, which... It shouldn't be like that, Um, you know, whether that's uh, the players not being able to motivate themselves, whether that's Oli not being able to pick the right players in the right system. I just feel as though something's missing a little bit at Manchester United at this moment in time. Um, See glimpses of it in in sort of certain games at certain times, which, you know, when you see it and you see how good we are. uh, Obviously, the second half the other night is a prime example. It's fantastic football, you know, goals going in. you know, crosses going into the box, which is what you want to see as a Manchester United fan with the players we've got. Um, I just feel like it's, you know, you just can't sort of get that continuity in, in the performances for a sustained period of time. And obviously looking at Liverpool game on Sunday, as you said, they're going to be coming out the blocks from minute one. They're going to want to sort of set the stall out and try and, you know, take the game to Manchester United. And, you know, if you can't get yourself up for, for that game, you um, you know, well, then you may as well pack it, back in now because obviously a derby match, you know, in front of a packed out crowd, uh, there's no bigger occasion. As you mentioned, it's probably the biggest game in English football. Um, but yeah, just hoping that we can maybe, you know, keep them quiet for the first sort of half an hour, set us, our, uh, set ourselves into the game a little bit, and then you know we, we've everything to play for. But as you say, with with the form that they've got in terms of like more Salah, um who's been absolutely breathtaking um, this season. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a hard game. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough task, but we just obviously have to see how it pans out.
1: Yeah, look, hopefully we can get the three points. And look, guys, we will be talking about how we're going to set up what teams we think we should play. Also, we, we get that, we get our score predictions as well later on in the podcast as well. Lee, unfortunately, couldn't join us. He's feeling well. Hopefully he gets well soon. We I do have these prediction as well, so look, we will keep our trend, our score predictions, and certain them predictions going on this podcast. So I was going to call to a couple of comments here just before I get on to my next point. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave says Phil makes a great point about pressing high. With that said, would you go with Cavani up up front and Ronaldo on the left?
0: It's an option. I mean, you know, that's something that Ollie may consider. Um, I I just go off, you know. The modern game now and and footballs changed a lot in in the last you know few years in terms of you know teams now the, the top teams when I watch all the top teams around Europe and in England there's no surprise all the players are really fit they work the socks off for ninety minutes or for seventy minutes and then they get brought off and somebody else comes on and works exactly the way they was working and when you watch these teams it, it's no surprise that all the players are sort of you know. Attacking players, but putting a shifting. in, and, and then obviously, you know, I think Gary Neville actually did a, did a sort of uh stats thing on Monday Night Football where he looked at the 14 highest pressing attackers in the Premier League, and there was only one from Manchester United in the top 14. Uh, the other four uh, sorry, the other 14 was um made up from Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool, which for me shows exactly why we're, we're not sort of um. Challenging with them three clubs at this moment in time in terms of consistent results and, and sort of, you know, the level that they're at. Uh, I think it was Jadon Sancho, who's obviously not been playing his best.
1: Um, his and best played sport. best minutes and a lot of players as well that have that have been in the team as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, fair player to him. He, he's obviously putting a shift in. He's not, you know, hit the ground running in terms of goals and assists and stuff yet which, you know, he's probably feeling a bit of pressure himself from from not doing that, obviously with the price tag and stuff. But, you know, he, he, he can't really question his, his work rate and, he, and his, his sort of um, attitude. But, yeah, again, it's just, you know, something that we may consider Ronaldo on the left, Cavani up top. I mean, all he's got loads of options that he can pick from um, in them sort of, you know, front three slots. Um you know, there's, there's, there's numerous options and, and sort of formations and permutations you could you could use. But, um, yeah, I do like the sound of, of Cavani down the middle and possibly Ronaldo on the left. Uh, it could work. I mean, we've not really tried that as yet. Um, so whether he'll do that against Liverpool, I'm not sure. But, you know, it's something we, we could possibly look at in the next sort of um, couple of games because I, I do think that would, would sort of work. I do like both of them and, you know, the other night when they was both on the pitch, you know, the the, the game sort of uh, was was heavily in our favour. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that sort of uh, out.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I, just before I get to my thoughts on that as well, it's going to come to Daniel's comment here as well. And um, welcome, Daniel. And um, said Phil completely off subject. I think you think I saw you play for Barrow on the Redmo. I only lived 30 minutes in there, and um, so watch them when I can. Yeah, good times actually. Thanks for that,
0: Daniel. Yeah. Um, yeah, really enjoyed my time at Barrow, um, good club, uh, used to get some big crowds and yeah, we had a good side at that um, at that moment when I went, I went on loan actually, um, he was struggling a little bit and I went up there and we, we sort of went on a really good run, so yeah, good memories from um, playing there and obviously nice to, to sort of uh, see that comment there from Daniel, appreciate
1: that mate, thank you. Yeah absolutely thanks very much for your comment Daniel do drop your thoughts in Daniel as well um about tonight's show and what you think about this game um, coming up um this weekend but yeah look for me I think if you look at the Cavani and Ronaldo situation I think especially teams who do you know, who, who who we can stretch and where we do have um do you know, problems breaking down teams will sit on the 18 100% you get Cavani on there cuz his movement like his off the ball movement if you're looking at natural number 9s in the world I think it's second to none. It's like it's right up there in terms of the best in the world. In terms of his off the ball movement, his ability to drag defenders out of position, and the way he times his runs is world class. Obviously, Ronaldo was the greatest player of all time. You, you, like and having him up there, he's always going to be a threat. Like again, he worked his socks off the other night again, and like he did, he did, he did show other elements to his game, like defending. He was like, being watching the game, the ground, watching him track back, watching like in, towards the last ten minutes of the game dropping as a centre-half almost at stages towards the end and be, being that leader, that's what you need. And we're, we're talking about needing to be cohesive and needing to obviously play as a team. Them for the last 45 minutes showed that Cristiano can do that as well. You know, that, he, that he can contribute not just scoring goals. And I think look, that first half of me, yeah, look, absolute utter disaster. Like, it, it was like, you know, we didn't take our chances. We then go in 2-0 down and Look, to be fair, like a lot, we we weren't happy to know that that was the case. But one thing I was like to say, even despite being two 0 down, I know we weren't at the ground field, but you did watch the game. I I do have to throw massive and um, props to and um, the Red Army. down with the Streatford end, they kept the whole stadium going from minute one to minute ninety, even before the game. And um, do you know Ollies at the wheel was going f- fifteen twenty minutes before the game, right until kickoff. You know, all the songs are going the atmosphere they really got the team over the line over over 90 minutes Um, and massive props and I think the Red Army's the singing section down there it's been one of the best things happening in Old Trafford in 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 recent years and the support is second to none and having that it's like having an away end in Old Trafford like having that there and kudos to them because they did drag us over the line I, I really do believe that from being there and experiencing it the other night I think it was their the atmosphere in Old Trafford really was was great the fans really got behind the team and look there's games where you're going to need that even if you're not having your best performance like you look the first 45 for large parts it wasn't the greatest second half we come back the fans are 12th man drag us over the line and sometimes you're going to need that you need that bit of luck you need that kind of extra push it's not sustainable by any means but it's great to have that level support back and look, it shows what we're missing kind of during, I suppose that the pandemic in the last kind of 18 months, two years.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I I got that vibe anyway, just from watching it off the telly, the the support and the the fans were absolutely fantastic from, from minute one. And, you know, I had every right to be, you know, disappointed and upset. And, um, you know, after 45 minutes of watching that, the, the sort of, um, Stuck by the team and, and second half, as you rightly said, then uh, you know, I think that was a massive part in in, in sort of uh, the result. You know, finishing in in our favor. I think you know, uh, if the crowd wouldn't have been as vocal and you know maybe sort of uh, turned a little bit negative, some of them players, you know, maybe have, you know, after a, a bad loss against Leicester, losing that away record, you know, not having the best of times, could have maybe gone hiding, but. Obviously, I think that sort of um, galvanised the players when we got the goal and the, the crowd was electric and sort of the momentum was on our side. I think it was, uh, you know, a fantastic performance in the second half and I, th- I think the, the fans and stuff need to take um, massive credit for that because, um, you know, after that first perform- the first half performance, they, they didn't really, um, you know, need to, to, to do that and, and, you know, I wouldn't have... Uh, you know, blamed any of them if he if he didn't want to support not not in terms of you know support the team, but I just think because obviously the the way the performance was and recent results, I think that they, they, that sort of galvanised the team the way the crowd was still chanting and and making um, the the presence known, and it was it was great to see and obviously you know Cristiano popped up with that last minute winner as he does in the the Champions League as as sort of uh, you know. on on tap sort of thing because he's a man for a big occasion and and obviously that was a fantastic header to to win the game for us and again it was a massive three points I think at the the sort of uh, first half we was bottom of the group and and sort of finished the night top of the group so it was a a massive three points Um, again lots we can work on and it wasn't a complete performance by any means but you know certainly a, a better 45 minutes and something we can sort of take into Sunday
1: yeah definitely 100% and thank God we got them three points because like these two games against Atlanta a six pointer like it is crucial that you win them home games and then you know pick up a point or two away from home as Sir Alex used to always say that gets you through you know and look that away game away at, at- Atlanta that's going to be again another hard game they're a very good team at home they yeah. showed to Old Trafford albeit as well I need to say that they were missing five first team players as well so so Gasparini is a good manager and um, they are a good team going away. There is going to be tough and there's no no shame in saying that because they are a great team. Um, But look, it'd be interesting to see how we get on there away from home. But um, just moving away from that game, um, obviously one player who played that game has played fantastically well in the two games back is Marcus Rashford. Injury free after two years of playing through injury. What's your overall thoughts on Marcus's return um in these last few games? And do you think he can give us that spark now to really you know, push forward in these next couple of weeks?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's done really well. He's obviously scored two goals in both games. You know, he come on against Leicester and, and got us sort of back into the game for sort of that brief fifteen second spell. Um but yeah, no, it was it was a it was a great finish and you know that's something that you you want when you've been out injured for such a long time. You, you want to come back and try and you know get an early goal or you know make an impact in some way. Uh, and I think that'll give him a lot of confidence um, and sort of you know made him feel sort of back part of the team, um, which is which is great for him. Um, obviously, it's still early days. You know against Atalanta, he, he sort of was a little bit hit and miss. I think you know in the first half he had a couple of opportunities where maybe you know six weeks down the line he maybe would have would have slotted them in um with a little bit more composure sometimes when you, you come back from an injury you sort of you snatch at things and you're a little bit sort of off the pace and and things don't quite go your way but i i definitely think he's he's brought something um to the squad that we was maybe lacking um and, and for me someone who's you know always going to be a threat in behind his pace and you know obviously the goal against atalanta it was a fantastic pass from bruno and um obviously a, a very composed finish uh, which you know he had a couple of chances prior to that and he was maybe you know a little bit off the off the mark and a little bit rusty but that was a, a fantastic finish and and he looked sort of um you know back to his best with with sort of that moment and, and obviously that got us back into the game so yeah obviously hoping he can build on that and, and keep sort of these um goals and and sort of good performances in, in the next couple of weeks
1: yeah, one hundred percent. And look, I think he's he's a welcome addition um to this team when especially when you consider I think one thing we were lacking. I know since I know we've had Cristiano and we've had Cavani and we've obviously had Sancho and Greenwood there as well. But one thing we've been seriously lacking um this this season is a runner to player to go beyond the Ronaldo, to go beyond a Cavani, to go beyond the Greenwood. And Rashford gives us that, he helps us stretch teams. And you can see that in the second half, he did stretch Adelante. Even, I know that brief time he came on at Leicester, look, I said, got us back into the game for 15 seconds. Um, he did help us stretch him. You know, I think that's where I think he's going to be important this week in terms of helping stretch strength Alexander-Arnold, help stretch Joel Matip and and, and Van Dijk at the back. Um, but look, he's been a welcome addition. Um, now look, I know he, that he may have picked up a potential knock. Um, Joel, he, they're saying he might not be available, but Joe. You know, Hopefully he did train um, today and hopefully, look, he's, he's okay coming into Sunday because, look, we all know what Marcus is like when he plays against Liverpool. He always does have a great game. He always scores a goal. And he always, like, no disrespect to Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's a very good young player, but Rashford always has him on, on toast every single time he plays against them. You know? So I think we need him on Sunday fully, fit and firing and ready to go because he's a fantastic footballer and, again, someone who's crucial to give us that extra kind of edge um, in the attack Um i was going to come to jason's comment here and um, jason says Rashford's is a great goal threat and um, running behind why does why does he miss the easy chances but score the harder ones Phil, as an attacker you've answer that one for me
0: yeah i mean he, he is a frustrating i've said this a few times about rashford he is a frustrating player i mean you know you see things glimpses sometimes and you think like that's unbelievable it's world class you know he's, he's definitely sort of you know in the sort of category when you see him and, and he's on form to, to be one of the top players in world football but um, you know as we have just touched on there I think sometimes he, he sort of does let himself down in in sort of you know big moments when he goes through and he should be a little bit more composed or you know he maybe you know makes the wrong decision or whatever it may be but again he's, he's you know he's still only relatively young. You know, he, he should be sort of, you know, overcoming them situations now with the amount of games he's played um, and obviously playing, you know, the top level for so long. But, you know, we've seen it over the years with with loads of players. all Walcott was the same. Uh, Raheem Sterling's another one who's you know, gets into positions sometimes and you think, how, how can a professional footballer do that? But, you know, for the amount of bad things he does, he, he does do a lot of good things as well. Um, and obviously with that, you know, you just touched on it there—the the, penetration—and and he gives us something different with them runs in behind, which I think we've lacked um, and been a little bit predictable. I think maybe for for certain teams with with the lineups in terms of not, you know, having that runner in behind, um, which Marcus will obviously you know bring back to the squad now and being back fit. I think he is a a sort of welcome addition, and
1: you know, yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah. again. And again, like if you can get this Trent on toast, because one thing, like I think if you notice the the game at Old Trafford, and we're gonna to touch on the Liverpool game now, we're gonna break it down. Um, like if you look at that game at Old Trafford last season, um where they beat us 4 2 when Pod were played in the left that day, Trent was able to expose the right hand side and he did play quite well. Whereas um do you know when Rashford plays there, Trent doesn't get that space, he doesn't push that that much forward. Because of Rashford's threat in behind, so every time, so I think it's important that we have him in on this game in this game on Sunday because, he said, his penetration is is directness going forward, and he you can beat a man, and you also you can score something off the cuff, which is something that is always great to have. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: As you as you say, he's somebody who gives us that different dynamic to our play. Uh, he's always done well against Liverpool and. You know, I don't think Trent Alexander Arnold would be looking forward to playing against Rashford. Uh, as you say, he's he's done well in him in previous games. So, for me, he's he's someone who, if he's fully fit, sort of obviously after that potential injury the other night, then he, he would be a, a certain starter for me. Um, but yeah, it'll just be interesting, obviously, to see what kind of formation and, and what sort of um, what lineup he goes for because obviously uh, the uh, the Atalanta game second half. Um, we finished sort of with four two four um and against Liverpool that you know may be playing into their hands a little bit I think. you're so signing the
1: debt warrant I think if you're playing four two four against Liverpool on our big pitch, pitch.
0: yeah exactly so i, I I'm hoping he, he sort of realizes and, and sees that and sort of thinks we need to be a little bit more um solid and, and try and maybe you know play on the counter-attack maybe at times uh, but yeah, obviously we'll have to see how it pans out. I think, obviously, Pogba came on in the second half the other night and sort of did well after being left out. So so he'll obviously want to be, you know, maybe starting at that game. So it, then it sort of, you know, begs to see who he's going to leave out and who he's going to
1: bring in. So interesting to, to sort of talk about. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to dive in starting 11 predictions in, in just in a couple of minutes. Next thing I kind of want to touch on, Phil, is... I know it's been in the media like in the last week because obviously we're playing against him on Sunday but there's been a lot of comparisons between Mo Salah and Cristiano Ronaldo this week obviously look we all know what Cristiano Ronaldo does has done in the Premier League in in a, in a Manchester United shirt. but previously when he was here and obviously his second uh, though, spell at United now he's been revelation since he's come back he's been scoring goals he's been kind of a great leader look this touch on the form of Mohamed Salah a lot of people are saying he's kind of the best player in the world right now. He's the most informed player in the league. He's scoring fantastic goals for Liverpool. Are you concerned about Mo Salah this weekend because of the way he's been playing and what your overall thoughts to us on the overall form of um, Mo Salah?
0: Yeah, I mean, first off, I'd I'd never, ever compare Mo Salah to Ronaldo. i will just put that one out there. Um, Yeah. I just, I don't don't think the, the sort of, the same player and obviously it'd be disrespectful to Cristiano to, to sort of compare Mo Salah uh, to him. But that being said, um, Mo Salah is, you know, an absolutely unbelievable player. And and the form he's been in sort of this season, um, especially with with some of the goals he's been scoring recently, he he is sort of, you know, in the conversation to to sort of, you know, being that sort of best player in the world at this moment in time. Definitely. He's, an, he's a threat. He's, he scores, you know, most weeks. You know, he's always works his socks off. And for me, he's gonna be the man on Sunday who we need to try our best to, to sort of keep sort of um off off limits, if you like. I think we, we need to sort of be aware of, of his runs in behind, but it's difficult because of how strong and how quick he is. I just hope that you know the way Oli sets up. We, we sort of have that little bit more extra protection um, to sort of, you know, not leave the full-backs isolated like Zamane and, and sort of Salah. You know, when the 1v1, there's not many better in the league who can, you know, sort of create something or, you know, that speed off the mark, the, the sort of, for first few yards, that are lethal. Um, and yeah, he is obviously a, a really exceptional talent and, and his numbers speak for himself in terms of, you know, goals to games ratio for Liverpool um so yeah massive sort of player we need to be aware of which i'm, I'm sure you know everyone watches football everyone knows how much uh, of a threat Mo Salah is, and you know no difference to, to sort of any team when you're preparing against liverpool he's going to be the main man who you're looking at to keep sort of quiet
1: yeah definitely and look i think when you look at him this season he's he, he's been a great he's been a great great player for him like look again i'm not uh anyone who knows me before I even came on this podcast knows it I'm not one to give a Liverpool player praise it's just, I don't have it in me but you have to call a spade a spade and look at the form of Mo Salah look he's been he's been fantastic he's been fantastic this season and even last year when Van Dijk and to all the Jordan Henderson and all these different players who have been injured in these last last season as well once Liverpool Salah stepped up last year and did get, get Liverpool a lot of goals to help him get into the top four when it looked like they weren't even going to finish top six when they're they're in that kind of bad run of form. Do you know between January and March? Like, do you know? I think he's a fantastic a fantastic footballer. But again, like if you're comparing Ronaldo and Salah, and you're talking about both of their primes, there's there's no there's no debate. Like Cristiano Ronaldo in his prime, more Salah in his prime. There's only one winner, and that's Cristiano all day and twice on Sundays. And hopefully, again, when I say twice on Sundays, that happens this Sunday. But like I, I do think yes, he's a good player. We do have to show him respect because he look he at the moment they're talking about in form in the world right now, probably the most you know, potent attacker attacker in world football at the moment. And we do have to be aware of what he what, what his strengths are. But at the same time, look, we do have to be be more ambitious than ourselves and do go out and attack this game. We do. But again, I think if you look at these comparisons, if if they're if you're talking prime, both of them in their prime, then there's no comparison. Ronaldo won the league in Champions League. He won every trophy possible at Man United. That's the his time at Man United. If you really want to talk prime Ronaldo throughout his career, if you want to talk Real Madrid, Juventus, mm. there, there, there's no debate. There's no debate. But again, I'm not that's not me throwing shade at Liverpool or throwing shade at Mo Salah or throwing shade at anybody. It's just still a simple fact in terms of where they where they both are when they're in their prime, you know. And again, Look, it's a debate that can be had, but it's not a very long one if you, if you ask me. Um, but looking into this weekend, Phil, um, obviously formations and systems not all have been talked about quite recently in terms of what we should play. Obviously, do you know, we've... There's, there's no secret we've been leaking goals in these last kind of couple of weeks. Um, we've been scoring them, but we've also been yeah. leaking them. I'm going to get your starting 11 prediction. Um from you uh, in terms of what way you think we should set up, what formation you think should go, what personnel um, should be in there, and um, what way do you think we could set up, and where do you think we can maybe do- give the Liverpool a threat this weekend?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a difficult one. Obviously, you know, there's been talk, maybe Bruno's not going to be, you know, fully fit um, again now for Sunday. So if he's obviously not fit, then who who maybe slots in there in that position? Does Van der Beek get a chance or do we, you know, put Pogba back in from the start and maybe play Fred and McTominay? I don't really know what he's going to do. Personally, for me, um, my team against Liverpool uh, would be De Gea in net. Uh, I'd play Wambasaka, uh, Maguire. Um, if is, is Varane back? I'm pretty sure Varane's. Was He's still
1: He'll, out
0: till next week, I believe. Yeah, so obviously it'll, it'll probably still be Lindelof and uh, Shaw, and then I think the way he's been talking about Fred uh, as well in the press, I think he's obviously he's he's sort of main man in that sort of sitting role. So I think it'll be it'll be Fred. Me personally, I'd I'd put Pogba back in there with with Bruno if if obviously you know he's fit. Um. And then you've probably got to start with Rashford, obviously, in terms of what we've just talked about, that threat in behind, you know, the games he's had against Trent Alexander-Arnold. You know, he's someone who I think will give us a different sort of dynamic and be able to have an out-ball sometimes when we we maybe, you know, need that ball in behind. Uh, And then Cristiano down the middle. um, And I, I would go... Greenwood just because obviously he can score a goal out of nothing. Uh, and he's been sort of one of our sort of most potent threats sort of this this season. Um but yeah, again that'll all depend on whether people are fit. Obviously Rashford potentially couldn't might not be and, and Bruno maybe sort of some some have said he, he may not be fully fit for the game. So it just depends on, on sort of them two players for me, but that would be my team
1: yeah you might be too far off and um, especially i think maybe with the middle of the park as well Um i'm gonna go obviously the hay in the net i was playing around with the fact that people are saying that we might go three at the back but oh, yeah. i'd rather see us go stick with what we know and no time for I, I suppose experimenting yeah there's I no time it, for
0: yeah i think it's a bit of a
1: too big of a game if you like to, to sort of just change your a, a formation yeah. and, and maybe I know I was at the game two seasons ago when Ollie did change us to a 3-5-2 against them and it worked well for 81 minutes until Lallana scored that goal but we had to do that out of circumstance rather than I suppose yeah to try and make
0: more... it effective
1: yeah but look, that's when we had a lesser team than we have now so for me I'll go with with this with the same formation. Um, I'm gonna go with the head of the net. Same back four as you. I'm gonna go Mazaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw. I'm actually gonna go with the same midfield too. Reese gonna love this now. But I'm going Fred and Pogba and midfield. I'm gonna go with that midfield too that finished off the Atalanta game. And um, I think Fred was very effective in that second half and played very well. And um, I think look, he does. There is games where he can play well. There's other games he can have an absolute stinker. I'm not going to beat around the bush that there is times he can play very poorly. Um, but, yeah, I'm got to go Fred Pogba in the middle. Um, but then again, look, if McTominay's available and Fred's available, I think he may go with the two of them because they their sheer energy and match Liverpool's intensity in midfield with, like, Henderson and Fabinho in there. Um, but, look, I will stick to my guns. I go Fred Pogba. Um if Bruno's out if Bruno's out, I go with Jesse in the ten for his energy, and his tenacity, his movement on and off the ball, I think that will be needed to cause problems. And um, that's only if Bruno's out. Bruno's fit, you have to start him, no question. Um but if Bruno's out, Lingard has to start for me. I know people say Donny, 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 but I don't think this is a type of game for Donny van der Beek, really and truly. I think if you're looking at match sharpness, Jesse's probably more match fit than what Donny is at the moment. And if you're talking about players who have made impact this season, do um, you know? I think he's a player who can. He's a goal threat, played very well against Liverpool last season in that role as well for West Ham. So if it's a case for Bruno Zell, I think Jesse Lingard in the number ten role for me anyway would be the right decision. Um, on the right, I'm gonna go. I've been playing around this one all day debating it I'll go I'll go Greenwood I'll go Greenwood off the right just because look he's probably more informed than Jaden at the minute and I think if you look at goal threat he's probably more of a goal threat at the moment and he, he gives Andy Robertson I suppose something to think about if he is going forward because Mason is so good off both feet that if, if the centre back shows Mason onto his right that he can put one past Allison. Do no problem, so for me, I'll go Mason off the right, Rashford off the left, and I'm gonna go Cristiano up top. Um, but look, we could easily put Cavani up top Ronaldo off the left if Rashford is out, but that's what I'm gonna go with. Um, in terms of my 11, um, was gonna go three at the back and maybe go with Rashford and Ronaldo up top and put body in there and um, that was in my top process and then go with pogba and fred in midfield and bruno in front of them and um, but i think if you have that if you have that team it's good enough to win and look hopefully get three points i think that's the most important thing get through this run with a bit of momentum because look the, the manager is under pressure players are under pressure and we're all we're all in kind of a, a place now where we're unsure of where we're going to be at the end of this run. We, we can't hand on heart say we're going to be in a good place. We can't really hand on heart say we're going to be in a bad place at the moment because the results are just up in the air at the minute. They're all over the place. So I think we have to look at this run and hopefully get through it and get collect as much points as we are possible. Because I think the last thing we need, the last thing we want, is to be in, in a position where we're at the end of November, early December, and we're out in the fight race completely and then we're out we're fighting for top four that's where none of us want to be if you consider the fact like we finished second last year third the season before and then you bring in verran sancho ronaldo you yeah. you can't be out that you can't not be in a good place to come christmas to that team all you know is that the fans are players know what i think this is where look a lot of United fans do have their concerns but hopefully these these next few weeks the players step up, Oli steps up. Hopefully we're having a more positive conversation in the next couple of weeks in terms of where we are because at the moment there's a lot of pessimism around Man United at the minute, a lot of pessimism around the fans and hopefully you know, we, we that, that can be all to eradicate and it's more of a positive conversation we're having in terms of results and, and performances and hopefully they're more consistent because it's all well and good being consistent over 45 minutes. You need to be consistent over 90 and if you if you're not though, putting up consistent performances over ninety minutes, you're not going to win trophies. It's simple as that. You can't. You you can only get away with making comebacks and you know nicking late goals. Um, for so long, eventually, though, you're you're gonna get caught. And this run will show whether we can actually be that consistent team. There's there's nowhere to hide. Um. These next few weeks. When you have Liverpool. You have Man City. You have Chelsea. You have Tottenham. Arsenal. There's nowhere to hide for this team now. And this is where we do have to showcase our quality. This is where the players have to show their character. Because they showed it in abundance in 45 minutes. Show for 90. You get paid enough. You're world class. A lot of these players. Go out and show it. Earn your wages. And play for the badge. That's what they have to do. And if they don't. Well. Unfortunately. You know, who's going to pay the price? Fans, football club, everybody. You know? So, hopefully, these next few weeks, we do pick it up, and we're still in there with a show, and all this social media hysteria that we always see every day, quietens down. Because, quite frankly, if I'd be honest, I'm absolutely sick to that of going on social media during or after the United game, because it's just an absolute cesspit at the minute. Um, but, Phil, just before um, we get our score predictions in. I'd like to ask you obviously, you've been a player at the football club, you've been around the club during United Liverpool games. Personally, for you, what's your favorite United Liverpool memory?
0: Um, there's been a few. I mean, are you, are you talking about at Old Trafford or just in general? In general, for yourself, you can give me a few. Um, one of the best ones was the. the just for me, just because of obviously, I was at the game. It was John O'Shea when he scored at Anfield and he didn't know what to do and he didn't know how to celebrate. Um, that was some, one that always sort of stuck out in my memory. Um, for Alan as well, obviously, you know, he scored a couple of goals at Anfield. Um, you know, maybe didn't have quite the sort of um, time at the club that he may have wanted, but obviously went down as a, as a bit of a cult hero for them goals that he scored at Anfield. Um, Rio Ferdinand's goal um, the volley uh, another good goal uh, what sticks out for me in the Liverpool games uh, Old Trafford Um, yeah but I mean just just thinking back to these games I think you know in terms of Sunday you know form and all that kind of thing goes out the window I, I remember the build up to you know playing against Liverpool it's just about you know who wants it more on the day you know tackles will be flying in everyone will be up for it you've got to channel your emotions and you've just got to sort of you know, put your mind on the task, and, and that's winning the game and coming out on top no matter what. Um, you know, you're you, you sort of fighting on the pitch, you're at war for 90 minutes, and you know, the fans expect nothing less than 100% effort, 100% commitment. They understand sometimes players are going to have you know off games, but there's no excuse for not working your socks off and putting a shift in, and that's against any team, not just you know, derby games. Um, so for me, it's going to be a, a great game. Obviously, you know, neutrals will, will probably, you know, be, be relishing the thought of uh, watching that game. But yeah, for me, it's just about, you know, on the day who can, you know, take the chances, who can, you know, channel them emotions the best. And and obviously, you know, it'll be an exciting game because both teams have got fantastic individual players Um so, yeah, just, just hoping that we can get a performance because fo- football's a funny game, you know. Obviously, you just mentioned there about social media and, you know, the fans and, you know, it being a cesspit. But if we if we beat Liverpool on Sunday and then we get another good result um, in the next game, you know, football's sort of a happy place again and, and, and fans are sort of, you know, in a better place. The players will have a bit more confidence and, you know, a couple of wins sometimes can, can make a massive difference in... in in a, a football club and in it in a player's head and it's it's that's why everyone loves football so much. I think it's obviously one of them games where you know it's a results based business, but at the end of the day, you know you know you can one week you can be you know down here and then the next week you know you, you you back up there again. And I'm just hoping that this can be sort of the catalyst this game on Sunday for you know getting everyone back on side and on board, put a good performance in, get a good three points. And sort of just try and
1: build build on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think this game could be a catalyst for you know for us to really drive on and to you know, really make a good run of things. So you beat Liverpool, like you know, you, you can maybe forget about though the the loss against Villa or the draw against Everton. You, know, you can maybe forget about it then because we've went out and we've beat the best team in the league, you know, at this moment in time. So I think look as I said, form goes out the window. This is the biggest game in English football. And I'd even go as far as say, if you're looking at club football in the world, uh, Glasgow probably is the only thing that comes close to it, really, in terms of rivalry, like in terms of Manchester United and Liverpool, in terms of success. But look, it is a huge game. Obviously, look, I'm probably, the next tonight and tomorrow night, I'm probably two sleepless nights for me to just thinking about the game. So this, it's the one game I never want to lose. You never want to lose any game of football, really, do you? But like li- li- losing to Liverpool, it's just something different about it because of the rivalry. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, I'm, I'm not going to sleep for two days. Yeah, you have to stay off
0: Twitter if we get
1: beat. Oh,
0: get beat. oh stop.
1: I, I'll be logging off social media. I'll be closing my blinds. I'll be doing absolutely everything. Yeah. Luckily, I'm working from home now. So, put me on into the office Monday morning for me. <laughs> um, but obviously, look, we get the score predictions um, for the game, Phil, in terms of how we think it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. Going to get Lee's score prediction up here, first of all. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't join us tonight, and he's unwell at the moment. Um, Lee has predicted uh, entertaining 2-2 um, draw. Now, I didn't get his goal scores off him, which I do I'm actually going to text him now while we're on the show live. We're breaking the fort wall here. I'm going to text Lee and get his two, uh, score, Manchester United scores, um, for for his 2-2 prediction. Once you're doing that, Phil, fire away. Give me your um, score prediction um, for Sunday.
0: Um, yeah, I actually agree with Lee in terms of, I think there'll be a lot of goals. Um, I think it'll be an open game, I think. Um, just because of the way Liverpool play, and obviously, you know the the players that are going to be on the pitch for both sides. I think there is going to be a lot of goals. Um, I'm going to say three two to United. Um, I think it'll just be. I, I don't think it'll be a big margin in terms of a team winning by three or four. I think it'll be a close game in terms of, you know, the winning margin. But I'm
1: I'm going to go for three two for United. Um, so Phil is going to go three two. Who's your for? Who's your first Man United goal scorer? First goal scorer, I'm gonna go for Greenwood. Mason Greenwood. So first yeah. going three two and with Mason Greenwood getting the first goal for my United. I was gonna to come to another couple of comments regarding score predictions. And um, we have Reese in the house, Reese says two two for his prediction. Jason says three one, Scott for a goal scorer. And also we have Carler's here as well. I want to win, but we can't keep a team sheet, so I'm gonna go three two as well. A lot of two twos and 3-2s uh lee has just messaged me back and lee says his two goal scorers are cristiano ronaldo and bruno fernandes and um, for his two goal scorers there's so thanks very much for that for lee um i'm going to go we are conceding I, I know that for a fact liverpool will get one at least one um i don't want to... i'm going to go do you know what? I'm gonna go two one. United, I'll go two one. Um I'm gonna go Ronaldo to score the opener. One all then. Probably Salah or Firmino scores. And then I'm gonna go Edison Cavani to score the winner. That would just be absolutely beautiful. I think Old Trafford would go absolutely mental if Cavani would score the winner. Just would oh, I just love Edison Cavani. I just wish he signed for us a lot earlier because. Is a big, beautiful man. That's what he is. What a there? And um, Andrew also says two one as well. And um, his prediction as well. So, so a lot of goals, but a lot of confidence coming up. Man United fans in the comments here today, and um, so look absolutely bang on. Thanks very much, guys, for your comments this evening. Um, we will wrap it up there. And um, for this evening's podcast, guys. And um, look, thanks very much, everyone, for tuning in across all our social media platforms and um, we will be back and um, next week with our friday podcast usual time at 7 p.m and it'll be myself uh, phil and lee talking this game their game and also and um, the upcoming game next weekend as well so do tune into that as well and don't forget the guys do smash a like on the video hit that subscribe button and hit the bell notification below phil as well and um, you know for um to get a notification for every show. I'm after being thrown off now because I'm after getting um like another comment in here from Reese. He says And Lindelof go with a Fred assist. Reese, if that happens, right, I will, I will go on Twitter on Sunday evening if we win this game and Lindelof scores and Fred and Fred score and Fred gets the assist, and well, I, I will personally um give you all the praise in the world. I really will. You you, you can you can let me t- you can tweet out whatever you want me to tweet out from my page. Praise Neil. This Sunday, if that happens, by the way, if Fred assists Lindelof for a goal, I will let you do. A, you can have control of over one tweet and on social media if that happens, Reese. And that confident it doesn't happen, but we'll see what happens on the weekend. But with Phil's faithful expression, he's in agreement yeah. It's not happening. You'd probably get about five hundred to one for that to happen. Five hundred so to one, on Paddy Power. Put a quid on that, Reese. Be worth a quid. Yeah, Each definitely. You've got to do it now because if it comes in, yeah, one hundred percent. Reese go mad in the comments saying excellent. He's, he's absolutely loving this year. But um, look, we will um end it there. Um, Do subscribe, guys. Do check out our website, do, website uk. And as always, do tune in and um, to our Monday po- podcast um, with Wayne and Paul Parker and also um Dave's podcast with Scott Wooten as well. Do check that out also. A um, lot of great content um, on this channel and a lot of great match day content as well. And um, with the scenes from Old Trafford and their away days as well, absolutely fantastic. A lot of content to suit absolutely everybody. So, do check it out and also on our audio platforms and uh, iTunes, Spotify, you know the deal. Um, but look, do come back with us next Friday and we'll be with you with the next edition of Talking Devils. Until then, thanks very much.